0: You have reached the Geek Elite. Good luck.
1: I know what you're thinking. Did he fire six shots or only five? Well, to tell you the truth in all this excitement, I've kind of lost track myself. But being this is a .44 Magnum, the most powerful handgun in the world, and would blow your head clean off, you've got to ask yourself one question. Do I feel lucky?
0: Well, do you, bunk? All right, on today's episode of the Mitch and Rich Show, we're going to talk about a movie from 2014, uh, a movie that I hadn't gotten around to watch. But as of recently, and I think like last week, the star of the movie, Dan Stevens, said that there might be a possibility for a part two. Have you seen The Guest, Richard? Uh, yes, I have. I, <laughs> I, 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 I have
1: been uh, guest- no, I've been blessed by the guest. Oh, there you go. That That's isn't a good, good. It is, but <laughs> I don't. Mm, there's got to be a the guest has visited
0: me, the guest overstood it stay. I don't know. One of those. You know, Something. I I know I saw this like on Netflix. I mean, I didn't watch it until this past weekend, but I, I saw it on Netflix like two years ago. Mm-hmm. And every time I went past it, I put, went past the little, you know, uh, thumbnail picture. I always thought that was. Uh, Bradley Cooper in the picture. <laughs> right? I was like what is what's this Bradley Cooper movie and I just kept going on but then you know finally when I looked at it be still before I even watched it I was like oh it's not Bradley Cooper it's Daniel it's Dan Stevens from uh or for me it's from Dan Stevens from Legion but obviously most people knew him as his breakout role from in Downton Abbey. Oh, yeah, I would have been right there with you or <laughs> perhaps even beauty of the beast. Yeah, that's right. He was in the live action remake of beauty and the beast. And yeah. do you ever watch, uh, oh what's that Anne Hathaway kaiju movie? Oh, I can't oh think gosh. of it. Right yeah. Oh I gosh, can't oh think, oh think of it. Right but that's, I, I always think of, uh, I, I think of him from that too, even though he's barely in the movie, like he's really not in it all that much. Um, what was it called? It was called no, no, colossal. That's what it was
1: colossal, called. Colossal, yeah. Colossal. There it is. Samsonite. That was way off.
0: Way off. Way I think off. I, I, you know what? I think I saw Kill Switch also. Which one was Kill Switch? Cool. Kill Switch is kind of it's a futuristic like movie it's it's all it's very, I, yeah you know what i have seen that and i'm looking at the trailer right now and i'm pretty sure i told you to go watch it uh that would make sense that you yeah. told me to watch it and i haven't because <laughs> <laughs> wasn't there a video game called kill switch
1: yes there is a uh, first person shooter uh, multiple games uh of the kill switch
0: franchise oh it's a whole franchise
1: yes Well, wait, 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 wait! No, 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 no! That's Kill Zone. Yeah, I'm. I'm thinking of Kill Zone. Kill Switch is a video game, though. But um, God, that was that was. uh, I actually think that was a third person game on PS2. No, not that far back. I think so. I feel like that was like
0: 2003, 2004. Wow, maybe had to at least been uh ps3 Uh, because i thought i remember seeing that was the 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 video game where like you could shoot around corners and stuff but but like uh without looking like blindly shoot around corners no uh I mean I think in Killzone if I remember correctly
1: it's like a 3rd per- or a kill switch sorry too many <laughs> similar names it is I think it is a third-person cover-based shooter so I mean you would you you should be able to blind fire around cover but but oh. yeah I was thinking you said that I was thinking Killzone but Killzone was later on and that was by Guerrilla Games which then eventually went on to make Horizon Zero Dawn oh. and then also licensed their game engine to could um hideo kojima for death stranding so that's made on the same engine and then they have horizon zero dawn 2 that's getting ready to come out uh hopefully somewhere in here i'm saying did you ever play horizon zero Dawn? i feel like you would really like that game
0: you know what i never did get around to playing it like i remember seeing the trailer for it and being like oh that that looks pretty awesome i would like to play that i mean who doesn't want to watch or uh, hunt uh robotic dinosaurs right I haven't finished it. I started it, and then I got super sidetracked
1: by the photo mode. Because oh. why? Why wouldn't I? You know what I mean? And and then I never finished the damn thing. And now it's coming out on PC.
0: Oh, um, there you go.
1: Yeah. So I might have to pick up a, a PC copy and actually restrict myself from the photo mode and and play through it. But you should definitely check it out. It's very like Zelda esque. Like we'll I feel like a, it would be some up your up your alley.
0: You also have a sequel coming out to that game soon, right?
1: Yes. Yeah, yeah. I think it's
0: gonna launch twenty twenty-one
1: oh, or twenty twenty two, maybe. It's I, I think it's gonna be on the PS5, I'm pretty sure. As 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 well as I'm sure it'll be on the PS4 as well. But um yeah.
0: Yeah. So, so that is a kill switch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think the the video game and the movie have anything to do with each other. Yeah, probably not.
1: That's <laughs> a, that's a safe bet, I guess.
0: Yeah. Um did you hear, uh, did you see uh, the pictures or yeah, the pictures of, uh, Tom Holland, who's, uh, working out with Mark Wahlberg for the uncharted movie. No, <laughs> I mean, you know, Mark Wahlberg and his physique is usually pretty. Yeah. It's pretty, usually really good. Yeah. It's usually really good. It's usually pretty ripped. Um, I get and Not that young Spider-Man isn't also in really good shape. he, uh, the guy does well for himself to stay in Spider-Man shape. But I guess for Uncharted, him and Mark Wahlberg are working out, even though Mark Wahlberg is supposed to be playing Sully, which, I mean, I know I haven't played those games, but I've, I've watched some of them. And I don't think Sully's all that ripped, right? Is it Sully, right? Or is it Sen- uh, uh,
1: I I think- have not played those games either. <laughs> um, I started the first one. And then again, I... I just got Side busy back. and didn't finish it um i think he's i think he's not like a slouch i think he's in decent shape
0: i mean i'm not saying that he's like overweight or anything i just don't no worry. no yeah yeah I, I i know what you're saying you're just saying you didn't
1: think that he would be like mark Wahlberg cut right <laughs> it's also really weird to me that they cast tom holland as nathan drake be- mm-hmm. only because of his age um he certainly has the charisma for sure um like the he's got the charisma in an infinite amount of spades uh, everyone knows <laughs> that about tom holland that that's not hard to to notice uh, but yeah, I don't know. He seems really young
0: for the role. I mean, day. I think that's what they're doing. Cause obviously Mark Wahlberg is much younger than the Sully that you see in the video game. So I think they're just going for younger versions of the characters. It's gotta be when Nathan Drake is starting out. So Yeah, I guess it, I, that, that does make sense. I don't, I don't know. I don't play I don't play the game, so I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what they're supposed to look like. But I'm looking at some some pictures here, like of the younger versions of them, and I guess I could see a Mark Wahlberg in that young Sully. it's gonna be interesting at least i guess um uh side side note uh, real
1: quick um i know you weren't the biggest fan of breaking bad right but do you you know the guy who i should have looked his name up i'm such an a-hole um gincarlo
0: go ahead i was gonna say the guy who was it. I don't know, yeah, like, I don't know the show, but I know he owned the Pollo Locos, or the Pollo... El Polo Hermanos, Hermanos, I think it was, the Chicken Brothers, yes, yeah, okay, so you know who I'm talking about, what's his name? Giancarlo Esposito, and he's the, he's gonna be, he's in Far Cry 6, right? Yes, have you... Is that where you're going with the story? Yes, yes, have you seen the trailer? I, I posted the trailer for our website, or for our Facebook page, but I have not actually watched it. Holy... Jesus. Now, okay, the thing is that I've never played a Far Cry game, but for as much as I understand, they're all kind of crazy out there, right? Or am I thinking a Saints Row? Well, you're
1: definitely thinking of Saints Row. Saints Row is very much out there. I will say though that that some of the Far Crys have been a little bit out there. Like, oh, okay. They just did uh the last one they did which was like Far Cry New Dawn or something which was like very like post apocalyptic, super over the top. Um but no, like dude, oh my god, y- you have to watch the trailer. Like I it's a cinematic trailer, but it is incredibly well written and it is just insanely intense and it's i think it's only like two or three minutes long it's three minutes long yeah but it is like so intense i was Almost like this is effing brilliant <laughs> like it's so good you should definitely
0: there check was it there out. a lot of trailers that came out of the ubisoft forward uh conference yesterday uh, yesterday yeah. when we we're recording it was last sunday right um, right like I, I saw, I also didn't watch it, but I did post it. The the one for Watchdog Legion. Oh God, have you seen anything
1: on that? No, and I've never played the other two games, so you you don't really need to. Um, uh, it's kind of the same with like when I mean, Far Cry is like definitely anthology driven, so like most of those games aren't linked at all. Um, but with Watchdog Legion, like it, it the first and second game followed different protagonists. The second one or third one that they're doing, the Watchdog Legion, the coolest thing about that is, is that any NPC character that is in that world, you can recruit as a dead sec operator for your team, mm-hmm. including like a 90 year old lady. They have like a 90 year old lady. She's like out there and she like kicks this dude in the shin and then tastes him in the throat. I was like, <laughs> this is amazing. Like, so cool.
0: Yeah. Uh pretty stoked uh, for that too there you go there's that what about Were there any other trailers that came out of the ubisoft conference that you were stoked for those are the only two i saw um they actually have like a mobile game that i don't want to say i'm stoked for
1: but i'm interested and it's like um they're like showing the trailer for it and it it, it kind of has like a similar art style to uh Fortnite, which i'm not thrilled about but um it had like a lot of the you know ubisoft tom clancy characters in it like they had el sueño from uh ghost recon wildlands they had caviera from and like montagna which are from rainbow six and then sam fisher showed up and i was like oh wow like what is this and they didn't really show any gameplay or talk too much about it or at least i didn't see it um and i can't remember the name of it. um but that looked really cool. Um trying to remember the uh, elite squad. It's called Tom Clancy's Elite Squad. And like that looks interesting, but I believe it's a mobile like Android iOS game. So I'm not really sure what that's going to be, but um interesting nonetheless because of course whenever you've got Sam Fisher involved, I'm down to get in there because I think he's an amazing character. Mm-hmm. Um and then of course, I think the
0: big one before was you on, this, before you move on, didn't the Sam Fisher, I think that's the one that Michael, Michael Ironside.
1: Did. Wait, what?
0: Yeah. Michael Ironside did the voice, but I yeah. think Michael Jordan's going to be playing the character in a show, a, a movie. Really? I believe so. I mean, wow. I, could, I could be thinking wrong, but I'm pretty sure that's what. What? It is. Let me look it up. But go ahead, go on with your your thought.
1: Well, uh, The only other thing I was going to say, the, the, the other big thing that they showed off, which I haven't played uh Assassin's Creed game in a while, the last one I played was Unity, but um, they showed off a trailer for Assassin's Creed Valhalla, and it's, like, all Viking-centric and, like, you're, you know, really trying to, like, build out like a Viking settlement and they've got like throwing axes which I know is like right up your alley like every time you go to the Rin fair like I gotta bust out <laughs> with some throwing axes so that is super cool um so that that might actually pull me back into some some Assassin's Creed although I did hear Odyssey and Origin the last two games they put out I heard those were really good um so yeah I think that's uh pretty awesome
0: as well so that's that's it. so Michael B Jordan is going to be playing. Is going to be in a movie, a Tom Clancy movie. Sorry, called Without Remorse, and I'm trying to see if that is uh, the book that Sam Fisher is in. Uh, Let's see, Tom Clancy Without Remorse follows John Clark. Sorry, I I was going to say, isn't that part of like connected to like the Jack Ryan universe? It is. That's right. Because I think in one of the the harrison ford jack ryan movies it's played by uh Defoe. oh if, interesting if i remember correctly I, I mean i could be completely wrong <laughs> i mean you could be completely right too i could be <laughs> more than likely not though <laughs> <laughs> anyways that's uh yeah no you're right, right. willem defoe lib shriver and michael b jordan okay there you go very um getting back to video games though you had an interesting story that you want to talk about with star citizen where the the guy who created the video game star citizen no 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 um so this
1: was okay so I've, i've really been getting into this it's like a it's like a giant like I guess the elevator pitch, the easiest way I could define star citizen for maybe those that you that, that don't know is essentially think of like the freedom and open world aspect of like grand theft auto, but in space. Um, and like the big thing to it is just like the overwhelming level of detail that they're putting into everything. Um, as well as the fact that you only ever see a loading screen once. So yeah. like once you load into the universe, you can literally, you wake up in your bed um to start your you know star citizen uh day right as if you will so uh you kind of wake up in your bed and you're you're either on your ship which is going to be down the road right now you just wake up in a in a, in a space station because it's it's an alpha so it's really still relatively early in its development um but like you can go walk around the the spaceport you can go into the shops and buy stuff you can uh, buy food whatever you can then go and literally walk out to one of the landing pads get in your ship take off from there fly to another planet land on that planet go explore a cave system come back out and literally all of that's happening uh pretty much in real time like they're developing like all this sorts of like new technology and like server meshing and stuff like that to like even make this possible but they do a thing uh, as part of their like development where they they have like a star citizen live and so they bring different you know parts of the development team or whatever on and they they talk to them and so one of the more recent ones they did uh was called star citizen live the ships of gavin rothery who is one of the uh he's one of the concept artists for the game and he's been developing uh designing and developing some of the ships with like one of with like i guess at least one other person uh whose name was paul i'm forgetting his last name paul jones yes um, so they kind of like worked together and they were developing the ships like the Gladys, the Prospector, the Prowler. Um, uh, I think the Carrick was the or the Hammerhead, um, a few more. But anyway, they were they were talking to him throughout this whole thing, and he was, you know, talking a lot about it. Um, and they got to the end of the episode because it's basically like a, a video podcast, so to speak. But they got to the end of the episode, and Paul Jones goes, Oh, wait, like, aren't we gonna mention like Gavin's baby, and like the other guy that's hosting, it's kind of like, wait, what are you, what are you talking about? And then like, even Gavin was kind of like a little bit like looking like he was confused for a second, and then he's like, yeah, you, you, you have a baby that's coming out tomorrow. Short story made really long here. Apparently, um <laughs> what they were talking about is that he, uh, Gavin, has a movie that's coming out that he wrote, directed, and was the production designer for, uh, and it's called Archive. And so like I I went and looked at the trailer for it and like it looks really cool like and like I I don't know it just blows my mind whenever you have someone that's in like a creative part of an industry that can then like be so multifaceted to like not only be this amazing 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 concept artist but can then also be a writer director like that's a huge like undertaking and it was like so nonchalant He's like oh yeah like I like basically forgot I had a movie coming out and it's like that's crazy. I mean, that's that is insane, right? Like, it's. I was just like, how the heck? And I mean, like, I guess in some sense, like production designing it to an extent would be, I would think, a little bit easier for him since he is a concept artist. I would imagine, you know, sketching out all of the sets and, you know, the designs and stuff that he wanted to do. And it's funny because, like, when you look at parts of the set and the trailer, they're very, like futuristically star citizen, which that's kind of, uh, you know what Star citizens going for. Um, but yeah, like, I don't know. I, I really kind of want to check this out now. Like, I think that's so impressive that, um, you know, this, this guy, Gavin is like, just so like, you know what I mean? Like that he can do all of this. Like that's so insane to me.
0: Yeah. I think I remember seeing something, uh, about that movie. Um, recently, Let's see. Uh, is, it, is it streaming somewhere? Yeah, I think it was streaming on Hulu. Oh, okay. With Theo James. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Oh, I, I wouldn't mind giving it a watch. I mean, that's it. The trailer looked really interesting, uh, especially <laughs> sci fi. Well, yeah.
1: And I mean, I don't know what their budget or anything like this was, but I I believe it's like all kind of like independently uh, produced and and distributed and and stuff like that. You know, I mean, well, I guess maybe they sold the streaming rights to Hulu or whatever, but uh, I believe it's like an independent movie that he did. And I mean, um, I I don't know. To me, that's just so impressive. You know what I mean? To be like that. Because, I mean, when you look at, like, the stuff they're showing off for his, like, concept work for Star Citizen, you're like, Jesus Christ, like, that is amazingly good. And then you're like, oh, yeah, I also wrote directed and, uh, you know, production designed a feature length film. I'm like, In
0: who, how? (laughs) Crazy. I mean, that's just, you know, some people, some people are just that good. (laughs)
1: i guess so yeah and it just totally caught me off guard because like i would have probably never known about this otherwise so i thought it was like really cool that you know like video games and movies are coming together through people like this like that's so
0: cool star citizen the way you Mm -hmm. describe the game isn't that another game that came out recently that didn't do too well though like something frontier or um i mean I, I think a
1: lot of people would maybe make a comparison to it with like
0: um no man's sky that's the one that i was thinking of
1: yeah no man's Sky. and i mean that one didn't necessarily do that great when it came out um they've since went back and like added a tremendous amount of content and it's done better but um the major difference is is that, yes, they're they're both in space. Um, there's definitely a lot more loading screens in No Man's Sky. And the other big thing with No Man's Sky is, like, your normal ships, like, you can't really walk around in them or anything like that. Like, in this, every single ship that is in the game has, like, a unique design, interior and exterior. And, like, each one kind of has, like, different functionalities. And so... Um, and they're, they're also, like, really building it out to where eventually, like your spaceship really is going to feel like your home and is really going to feel like you have to rely on it to survive, which is very indicative of like more of what you see from like actual sci-fi film and stuff like that. Like, you know, in a lot of other games it's just like, Oh, I, my ship doesn't really matter. I can trade it. I could throw it away. I could do whatever, you know, but like with this, it's like, you know, you're going to be able to, like, log in and out from the bed that's in your ship. So if you have a ship that doesn't have a bed, you'll have to find, like, a spaceport or something to land out, uh, to log in and out eventually. Um, the other thing, too, is is that, like, uh, the level of detail to it, again, like, traditionally in some other games, you'll see, like, little bits of damages that happens to your ship or whatever, and then eventually it'll just blow up and be destroyed. Whereas, like, with this game, because of the level of detail and the scope of everything they're putting in, like they can actively they they have kind of like the uh, if you think of it like a car, they have almost like the shell of the car. So the shell of your ship, which is like the body, but then it has like a whole metal skeleton frame that's underneath of it. And so like if, for example, like you had someone that shot through your ship, like you could actually see like little bullet holes that blew through that specific part of your ship where it got hit or like you know you might knock off one of the like front little air fins that are you know at the nose of your ship and then that's going to completely throw off your flight profile um so it's just like the level of detail that they're putting into it and like the way that they're doing it with the technology to where it's like it really only loads you in once um, is just something we really haven't seen before. And if I'm not mistaken, it's all been up to this point entirely crowdfunded. And I think they're around like $300 million that they've raised from um, roughly almost 3 million backers, uh, which is absolutely bananas insane. And so, yeah, it's just the, the overall level of detail and the scope. Oh, and they are also developing... a a standalone story campaign that has gary oldman mark hamill mark strong henry cavill jillian anderson uh like all of these big name actors that are starring in the the standalone campaign and story that they're developing while they're also developing this huge mmo space universe so it and like it's the same thing like you can basically do anything like you can be a space pirate, you can be a space bounty hunter, you can be a space Uber, you can be a space trucker, like you can do a crime and then actually get arrested and be sent to like a prison penal colony that's on like a planet and then you have to like work your, your debt off or you have to try to get other players to come and, and help you escape and things like that. So I mean, like, it's just it's just the level of detail that's already in it is is absolutely insane.
0: <laughs> I mean... Some of the stuff that you're describing, and I know that it's uh, a bad thing to to mention to gamers, uh, which I'm not one, so I can I can say the words and not not be scared. Uh, It sounds like there's going to be some micro transactions in that. Oh, oh, there's transactions, and they're not micro. (laughs) They're not micro at all. Pieces of your ship are falling off all the time, and and you have to replace it or fix it up or whatever way you want. And it just seems like that's a lot of. A lot of money so the way
1: that they're doing it currently um to like so they i believe they did like a crowdfunding campaign at first uh to get an initial wave of of income if i'm not mistaken i want to say kickstarter but i could be wrong so they did that but their their thing now is is that they sell in-game ships uh for real world currency um and that goes to help the development um but eventually all of those ships from kind of the the statements they've made all of them or most all of them will eventually be available for you to purchase in-game with in-game currency um to give you an example of why i say it's not micro though is they released a, a limited run of this ship that was like basically a it's basically like a micro fleet carrier space station type of ship called the private the kraken privateer or something like that and i think it was going for around three thousand usd um and they sold out very quickly which uh, like that's what i mean though like they're literally doing something that i have never seen happen in the gaming world and like they are brute forcing this game into existence with a very small group of just unbelievably dedicated people that want this game to exist um and it's like some people you know and i would say this if you want to get into it like you can buy into it for i think it's around 45 to maybe 65 dollars uh and that'll get you like the the online side and like a a a starter ship that could literally be the only amount of real money that you spend on the game if you want to do that You know what I mean? Like, you don't have to go buy a $3,000 ship to get into this game. Like, you could buy into it for less than, you know, the price of a brand new PS4 or Xbox game, you know? Uh, But, I mean, there are a lot of people that are literally, like, continuing to throw money at this because they want this game to come out and succeed. Um, And I just, I've never seen anything like this. I've never seen another game that has had such monetary dedication from a, a relatively small fan base, and I mean, it's, it's just, uh, it's unbelievable to me. That's,
0: that's, that, that is pretty incredible, and yeah, you're right, for first, quote-unquote, an indie game that is pretty, pretty awesome. Yeah. Uh, and other video game movie, meshing news, uh, the ghost of Shishima? Shishima, is that I mean, I know it's like it's a TS, so it's like tsunami. So Shishima should be, yeah, should be right. Is uh, it? I was like, I'm doubting myself now. <laughs> uh, there's going to be an interesting mode you can play in that. Is that correct? Uh there is, yeah. And I mean, um, I know you
1: know this about me. I there's probably a few people listening that know this about me, but I am a huge uh akira kurosawa junkie like i absolutely love his films and so they uh announced that they were going to have a mode in ghost of Tsushima called the kurosawa mode i don't know why it's so hard for me to say just his last name like i almost always have to say akira kurosawa to like actually say it right it's very weird made yourself that way it's true it's true Um. But yeah, so they 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 were, you know, the developers were pretty heavily inspired by Seven Samurai and Sanjiro, which are two of uh, Kurosawa's films. And they kind of started getting this idea, at least from from what I've read or heard about it, is like they started getting this idea because they were inspired by a lot of his movies and they kind of were like implementing, you know, those very like uh, cinematic moments that he's known for and kind of like using those as like a lot of inspiration. So they thought, well, wait a minute, why don't we take this a step further? Why don't we just actually, you know, make a version or a mode that you can play in that's not simply just a filter, but like it actually they went back and studied like the the contrast of like the blacks and the whites that the film stocks that Kurosawa was shooting on to like replicate those more accurately in the game. They're adding like unique film grain to it that's more indicative of like the type of film grain that would have been on, you know, the stocks that he was filming with. And then they added like a lot more dynamic wind because, you know kurosawa loves deep focus and lots of wind and so they did all of that and and like they they actually from what i recall reading reached out to uh his estate to get approval to see if the if the estate would even be cool with them calling uh the game mode the kurosawa mode and they approved it and so it's going to be in there so um i don't know if you have you seen anything on this game
0: uh i've seen a couple trailers for it um and that's what i was going to ask you is like before hearing this news were you interested in the game yeah i was i was super stoked because
1: again i do really like i love like the whole like feudal japan time period for like stories and movies and comics and all that sort of stuff um and i remember seeing like the first trailer for for this when it came out and i was like oh my gosh like this looks gorgeous like this is one amazing amazing looking game and I think I read somewhere, too, that there, there's not even, like, a normal waypoint system. Like, you have to, I believe, you have to navigate similar to how you would in real life. Like, you have to remember landmarks and be like, okay, I've got to travel towards that mountain to get where I'm going. And I was like, oh, my gosh, like this is insane.
0: <laughs> yeah, that, that's, that's, that sounds like a very intricate game, a very involved game. <laughs> I, yeah, I definitely think it's going to be really
1: involved. Um my biggest
0: hope for it is
1: is beyond just the, the graphics and the, you know, uh, Kirakua sound mode that it, it has a really good, deep narrative. And uh, I'm pretty sure it's going to based on kind of like the, you know, attention to nuances that they've already managed to kind of put in there and, and their reasons behind why. I think it's going to be a really good game. And it actually comes out, I think this week. I think it comes out Friday. So this will go up Saturday. So it'll already be out by the time you're listening. You can buy it and play it
0: after you listen to this episode. Um, If you hadn't already. uh, Now, will you go straight into you personally? Would you go straight into the Kurosawa mode or will you play the game through first? Ooh, no. I mean, if it gives me the option, I'm I'm
1: I'm all in (laughs) Kurosawa mode from the get go. If it gives me the option, if it's like you have a choice, I'm like, I don't though. It's already been made for me. (laughs)
0: <laughs> i mean he, he was a prolific uh director and movie maker so i i'd understand that for you to go straight into that mode do you think that it will be available right at the beginning or do you think it'd be like a thing that you have to beat the game once to to get access to i don't know i mean that's an interesting thing i i i feel like
1: i would feel you like I,
0: what's that would you want it that way also
1: Well, I mean, I don't think I'm the normal person like buying this per se, like, you know what I mean? Uh, But yeah, I mean, if it gave me the option, I would definitely take it right out of the gate. Um, I could see them doing it as like it unlocks after your first playthrough, though, because I mean, inevitably, they also work their rear ends off making this game and, you know, they are going to want people to experience it in in a way that they're trying to tell it and i you know i think there are certain things that are going to be different um i don't know i mean it really depends because like certain times when you watch movies you know i don't know if you ever watched mad max and like the black and chrome edition or whatever i didn't but that's because i
0: didn't care for the movie (laughs) Um, no and that's fair but i also i did like logan and i never went and watched the the black and white version of that either. I, I, me personally, I don't care for that uh, story telling aspect, so to speak, like the retell sure. the movie in, in black and white, like to me, it doesn't add anything. Like I know more intelligent people that are better with movies would be like, well, black and white can give you a better, a different feel for a movie and, and all kinds of different stuff. But to me, I don't care for it. I don't think that makes them more intelligent. I think they just have a different
1: uh, taste. You know what I mean? Like, you know what you like, and that's all that matters. It doesn't matter if you like it in black and white or color. But I I agree with you. I think, for me, I did have a different experience watching it in black and white than I did in, in the color version. And I think both versions are excellent. But I think that is the same thing that would happen with this game As I mean, I would imagine there there is going to be a different vibe. And I think a lot of people are going to be more in line with your taste where they're like, I don't really need the 1950s looking 13th century Japanese game made in 2020. You know what I mean? And so, like, I I, I don't know if they would give you an option right out of the gate, but I could see them if they were like, hey, if you want to play this again and maybe have a slightly different experience or a very different experience depending upon who you are, like, here is this other mode that you can try. But I could also see them as developers being like, well, we really want people to have this experience first. So, and I wouldn't fault them for that. I, I could see that being a good... Um,
0: argumentative standpoint for them as developers as well do you think there are a lot of people that are in the same venn diagram as you that are huge gamers and then also huge kira, kira Akira kurosawa film nerds probably not no, um it's a, I, I, interesting niche that they decided to focus on I think they're in the same Venn diagram that I am, but I
1: agree with you. I I, I do think that that is a very, uh, small uh, percentage, and and I mean, uh, let's be honest. Like, I think it's extremely small now because most people don't even like watching old movies anymore, um, you know. And I I the other side of that equation too is that I mean, Akira Kurosawa was making films when they weren't like, oh, well, they have to be ninety minutes long. I mean, he was making films and it was like, I'm going to make them as long as I need to tell the story. So like, you know, Seven Samurai is like a little over four hours and has like an inter It has like a 17 to 20 minute intermission. Um, (laughs) So, I mean, yeah, I don't I don't think there's a lot of people that are really in the same aspect of it as I, I. There are some. Sure. But I agree with you. I think it is a very, very small well, very niche-centric
0: option to add to it, but I'm, gr- I'm so glad they did. I'm sure that there are... The people that are super stoked about this game are going to be ones that are also, like, really into Akira sour films, so I'm sure they are doing. <laughs> yeah,
1: I mean I would hope they are and and, and you know, e- even if they're not, I mean best case scenario is is that maybe if they're not or maybe there's someone who doesn't really know uh Akira Kurosawa's work um or any of those older prolific filmmakers like Orzo or you know, I mean there's like a whole list of them that were extremely amazing you know filmmakers like maybe at the very least this will open up a new generation of fans to those classic bodies of film work like that that would be an awesome thing as a developer as well as to be like you know have someone reach out and be like i had never seen you know sanjiro or you know seven samurai or ron or any of his movies and then i played your game i saw this game mode and i looked it up and then i like fell in love with these movies that i didn't know you know what i mean so like maybe it'll it'll do some of that too in a in a small capacity as well that would be cool
0: well, there you go. Go out and uh, buy the game if you haven't already, since this ca- this is coming out after the game comes out, and beat it so you can play the <laughs> Kurosawa mode. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. It might be it might be right out of the gate. I don't know. We don't know yet. We don't know that. We Yeah, we don't know. Uh, okay, let's get on to talking about The Guest. Now, like I said, this is a 2014 film that I never got around to watching, but I... It was completely wrong on what this movie was. Uh, I don't think I'd watched the trailer, so I didn't know. But like just from the poster alone of Dan Stevens, Bradley Cooper, or, or or as I thought, Bradley Cooper with a knapsack over his shoulder and just looking creepily into down the barrel of the camera, like I I just thought this was like a weird home invasion, take the family hostage kind of movie, and it is not that like. At the end, yes, and we will we will spoil the hell out of this. You know, six year old movie. I was but, gonna say it came out in twenty fourteen. <laughs> like you in the end, like he is very much, uh, you know, against the family. But I was not expecting super soldier. I was not expecting, uh, gunfights and explosions. I was not expecting. Like military experiments and stuff like that. This is there's a whole world in this movie that is not tapped into. Like it's it's like a home invasion movie and a Born Identity movie put into one. That's a good elevator pitch. <laughs> <laughs> not wrong. Yeah. What, what if Jason Bourne came to your house and uh, you know decided to live with your family for a couple of days? That's the ele- elevator pitch right there. And he
1: wasn't a good guy. I mean, would I know it's Jason Bourne because someone's standing behind him just shaking a camera as fast as they can?
0: <laughs> I mean, that's kind of how it always happens with Jason Bourne, so, yeah. I'm just glad there wasn't really a lot of that in this movie.
1: I hate that so much, and it got so, like, oversaturatedly used after the Bourne movies. It's I was like, oh, my God. And then I think it was all the way up until, like... Uh, Ongbach, maybe. And like, once Ongbok came out, people were like, oh, wait a minute. We've been doing action wrong for the last two
0: decades. We gotta correct this now. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, you, that was the early 2000s when the first Born Identity came out. And like, that was their way of like, hey, we can keep our main star, we can keep big name stars in as our action stars instead of hiring action stars like, you know, Van Damme to do these movies. We can get someone that I can that can act really well, and then just shaky cam up the action so that you can still see their face a little bit, but the the moves also obviously don't look so great. Uh, so it, it was the weird time at, in at, in the two thousands to two thousand ten before we started getting uh you know uh somewhat action stars back, and then better ways of filming stuff, right? So that yeah. you can either put in the face of the actor over the stunt man or stunt woman. And then also wide shots, like became a very big thing. Like, like I was just talking about this, uh, on, uh, sorry, on another podcast when I was talking about the winter soldier, uh, Captain America winter soldier, there's the fight scene between cap and, and bat at the very beginning. There's wide shots in that, sh- that shot. Cause they're doing so much jumping around and fighting each other. And it just looks so good. Yeah. Uh, and this, but then you get back to this movie, like, you see dan stevens and you know like that bar feet bar fight scene is pretty it's pretty brutal like him catching the catching fists and and you know beating people with pull sticks and stuff it it was pretty good yeah it it is very brutal that that is is very true um
1: and you know it is interesting too because like i like, I remember, like, because I'm the same way. Like, I didn't really know that much about this going into it. I was not really even sure what to think of it. And I agree wholeheartedly. I don't know how many times I scrolled past this. And I'm like, why did they give a star is born a different title? That's weird. Um, you know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know. I went, Sniper? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but, um, but, like, it's funny because, like, that bar fight is kind of the... Uh, establisher of the action that's going to unfold for the rest of the movie and the interesting thing about it was I remember like watching it and I'm like this has a very weird like almost Terminator vibe to it and there's almost like weird like robotic swooshes that are added to the fight scene like it's not this exaggerated where it's like but I mean like there's almost like little little sound design where it sounds like that when he like whips around and like his movements are like almost like they they feel robotic like they don't feel like super fluid like especially like what you're saying like he doesn't like so this kid grabs a beer bottle who is a high school kid by the way so you're already like wait a minute this dude is off his rocker if he's gonna go in and just assault a bunch of minors like this
0: is insane yeah um, but okay. they put it in that they were part of the football team so you know they're true. a little bit more tough sure
1: sure i'm not (laughs) saying he. i mean i'm just it's a movie it's a movie it doesn't have to be legally correct um but like this kid grabs a beer bottle and swings it at him and like he catches it and then it's not like he just grabs it and smashes the bottle i mean like he catches it like like very robotically he's like like turns and looks at it then like takes it and then like smashes it and you're like well if that was like an a normal person they would have just like very fluidly like caught redistributed and then smashed the bottle <laughs> and, t- and then like like the whole turn to like the way that he's turning is very like 89 michael keaton batman where like you know you just got to turn at like the core and like you can't move his neck and so that should have been a really big red flag to me that something weird was going on but it wasn't i was like okay just that's strange but sure
0: every time that you they show him turning in for the night like he goes and he sits on the edge of the bed and he just stares out the window it's not like he goes to sleep you know I yeah. mean, you have no idea if he does go to sleep later or not but he obviously does it doesn't immediately go to sleep but he looks like he's wide awake uh this is what I'm talking about like the experiment that the Lance Reddick character uh did has the has been the most intrigued on what this movie was about, like, or what this movie could have been about. And I would love to just sit down with, uh, you know, the, the writer, uh, Simon Barrett to see, you know, what else did he depict in this world when he was writing it, that he didn't, that did not get to show up in the movie. Which is also interesting because Simon Barrett is mostly known for like horror movies.
1: And I was like,
0: yeah, but it is kind of a horror. It is kind of a horror movie, a little bit, Well, that's what I I always say. That same, I say the same thing about the Terminator. The Terminator is a slasher film. It just instead of using a machete, he's using a machine gun, and it's like you know, uh, Sarah Connor can never get away fast enough from this thing because it just always slowly walks up on her, you know, kind of thing. Just like Jason Voorhees would. (laughs) (laughs) That's you're not wrong. Actually, that is very true. There's just a lot more like
1: realistic or like a little bit more. Well, I can't say it's realistic because we're talking about time traveling robots. But <laughs> like the element of a robot killing a person like seems a little bit more realistic than like, I'm from hell and I murder people. Like, you know what I mean? Like.
0: No. That, yeah, no, I, I get what you're saying. and it, It's just like even the end of this movie. You know the the character of David, quote unquote David, because that's not his real name. uh, Dan Stevens' character, like, still walks out of the fire. You know, w- you know, after being stabbed in the chest and, and the shot is- in the leg, and and he still survives, he like, just like a classic horror movie character, ca- horror movie monster. You know, well, it's almost like he is a robot. I mean, this is a possibility. Like, obviously he would, if he's a robot, he wouldn't need the plastic surgeon that he's looking for. Cause you know, when we overhear the phone call, he's like, I need a new face. And then, uh, early when later on, when the, the son is like looking up who the, the, the doctor was, or that was on the phone, the, yeah, the, the Mm -hmm. number, the telephone number, like it's, it's, it's a plastic surgeon that ended up dying. But like,
1: Sure, but he but hear me out. He might actually need a plastic surgeon because if you stop and think about it, even if you took his face, oh, <laughs> his face off, off. <laughs> right? Okay, even if you took his face off and he had like robot parts, you would need someone who knows what a human face is supposed
0: to be structured like. Which that would be a plastic
1: surgeon.
0: You would need a person that's equal plastic surgeon and also like machinist, like someone that that's could true. grind down metal parts for you to to make it look like the same look look like the right thing. I, I get what you're saying. So And you um, know what? It's a possibility, but why does he you kinda wonder why he walks away at the end then? Like why not go after the girl? Well, I expect I really wonder why that was the case, because there's like these moments. OK, so,
1: you don't, we don't really know what's going on. The Like the kind of broad strokes overview is that he shows up at the house of a soldier who is is dead uh, and his family, you know, is there and he's like, hey, I, I knew your son. You know, we serve together like I came to pay my respects to you and all this sort of stuff. And you're like, OK. And then there's like weird things that are kind of like here, like, you know, where he like meets that Corey kid or whatever his name is. And is like, I need a gun. And he's like, OK. And then they like show up and he's like, I want all the guns. And those guys are like, sure, why not? And he just kills them both. And I'm like, wait, that's weird like that's totally going to compromise you like why would you do that like that there's like little, little things like that where you're like that doesn't make sense but then like flash forward to uh when the military police guy shows up and he's like kind of like expositionally explaining to the girl you know that he was a part of this experiment and that you know his training and experimentation is is that whenever someone discovers his identity he has to tie up all loose ends <laughs> and i was like okay okay i'm down with that and then He kills the mom, right? Like, because she's like, oh, you're not really like he's talking to her. Like he's going to just walk away and he's like apologizing for everything that's going on. So you're like, all right, that's strange. And then she's like, you're not like David, are you? And he's like, oh, I'm sorry. And then like kills her. And I was like, huh. And then he takes off driving down the road and he sees a car in the middle of the road and like smashes into him. And I was like, "Okay." And it turns out that that's the girl's dad. And he gets out and looks at him and the dad's like, I'm still alive. And he's like, he, he has a moment where he looks at him. He's like, ah, and he's like, really like almost like torn that he has to kill the dad, but then walks over and like shoots the dad. Right. Yeah. Then he goes to the diner, (laughs) kills the girl and then turns around and throws two grenades. And I was like, most no, people knew who he, who he was.
0: Yeah, but they could identify his face for killing the girl. He's getting a new face. He's he's a, not, he's, isn't, he hasn't found a, a a person yet, a plastic surgeon to do it yet.
1: Well, I thought he did because he was on the phone and he's like, no, I need like dental records and everything. And that's when she started like looking him up and she's like, oh, this is the this is the plastic surgeon that's in yeah, uh, but
0: California. He was contacting someone that can contact a plastic surgeon for him. I think. Ah, okay. It's okay. I, you, I, I get where you're going. Like, the whole idea that Lance comes in, the military police guy comes in, and he says, like, he has two things. He, he's, he's he's set to protect, but then he's also more set to protect the program, the experiment itself. So you, you get this idea that maybe it, he doesn't particularly want to kill the family, but he's kind of driven to do it. So it's not just a... Uh, a physical experiment that they did to him. It was a definitely a mental like, uh, conditioning, um, experiment.
1: I agree. And that's, th- I agree with you, but that's where I'm going. If that was really the case, why doesn't he kill the girl and the boy at the end? I am guess she, she looks straight at him and is like, that's him. And he's like, ha," and like disappear. You know what I mean? I'm like, wait a minute. You literally were just trying to kill him two seconds ago. Like, whoa.
0: I'm guessing just because it was, you know, there's a lot of all the firemen and policemen are around at that moment. And and it's just he's he's injured. He's quite injured. So it's better just to let her wonder if he's alive or if he died in the fire. I mean, I think she knows. I mean, there was no reason a
1: firefighter should be coming out of there walking around like they had been in a bus wreck. I mean, he's literally like hobbling out of there like, oh, I'm so messed up, you know, like. But I, but I, yeah, I, I see your point, point. and I agree with you. Like, I would almost rather see a whole other film about this experiment, like mm-hmm. I think, and I, I'm still not convinced he's not a robot. I think he probably is, because how do you survive getting stabbed in the
0: heart? That was the other thing that I was very interested in, because when he first shows up at the family, or that fr- shows up at the house, like the mother goes into the other room to throw up and, you know, freak out a little bit because someone from her son's platoon showed up and then she comes out of that kitchen and, uh, or the other room and he's looking at the photo of himself and the son in that, that squad. Right. Mm -hmm. And he goes, look, I'm right there. And she's like, she kind of looks at it like, Oh, you know, I, I never noticed it now. Now would she sit there and study the faces of the other people? Probably not. but, I don't know if the director at that point is trying to say, hey, he replaced the photo. Like one, he would have to know what size the photo would be. <laughs> and two, he would have to, you know, Photoshop in his own face to look like, or to be in there. Well, maybe yeah. he's got some like freaky robot eyes. Maybe he's just like, and, like just printed it over it. I mean, maybe that's a possibility. Now he, when he talks to the uh, sister, um, I forget what her the character's name is at the moment. Uh, Anne, and yeah, Anna, it's Anna, Anna, yeah, yeah. When she he's talking to Anna at the end or no, was it Anna or when was it when he's talking to the mom before he kills her? Like he says, she someone says to her, him, were you even with my son and or even with uh, Caleb? And he's like, yes, we were in the experiment together. That was to the mom. Okay, it was That's to the right mom. before. It's right before he kills her. Yeah. So, like, that means that they experimented on Caleb, too, and he didn't die the way that they, like right. the official government reasoning was, right? If he's dead at all. Did you think that there was ever a possibility that this is also Caleb? Like, with the face changing and all that stuff? Ooh. Um... I
1: I don't get that. I mean, maybe, but I don't get that vibe because I feel like if that was the case, he would have fought the programming harder not to kill his own family.
0: Um he such he had such a drive to make their lives better. Like he he went and killed the guy that kept his dad from getting a or kept the dad from getting a uh uh a, a promotion. The promotion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh you know, the the kids were picking on his on the on the brother. And the sister has a druggy boyfriend that is obviously not good for her, good for her and is making it so that she's angry about the him going on tour. Like, his whole thing, like, that, it's, I know that his brain is a little messed up, but, like, the whole, I, uh, Caleb asked me to come back and look after you guys or, you know, help you guys out was a, it seems like a little bit of a stretch
1: it doesn't and i never, i didn't i don't know i didn't take it that way when i was watching it to me it came across as like he knew that if he went there no one would go looking for him you know what i mean like you would never expect someone to like obviously if he went back to his own family yeah they probably would have looked there first and that's the only reason i feel like it wouldn't have been uh caleb because like if it was i feel like they would have watched that house first you know what i mean yeah Uh, But I you know I do think that some of it is maybe a combination of the past part of his brain where he did hear all of those stories from Caleb we don't really know what happened to him so like you know he he did he did mention something to mom like the mom right before he killed her where he's like yes I knew him I knew him really well and he would have wanted me to do this. And and like, I think he says in the way that I'm doing it too. Like it wasn't just like, oh, he wants me to do this, but like he wants me to do this in the way that I'm doing it. And so like he went back there, but I feel like some of the things he did was also to make it really like kind of keep them off of like being suspicious of him. Like he was just more of this like undying gratitude to their son and like you know, if he could make their lives easier, then there wouldn't be an opportunity or they would have less motivation to, like, start looking into his past or whatever. But, like, I wonder if Caleb's still alive, because that could be an interesting sequel if he finds out that David kills his mom and his dad. Yeah, that would be an interesting sequel. I I,
0: I wouldn't I wouldn't mind seeing it. Um, Simon, there you go. You can have that one for free. One of the things that uh, I did have a huge issue with, though, was when the hit squad comes to the Petersons family family house, and they're like, you know, I, I would assume that this guy who's high up in the military and and did these experiments would grab some elite, you know, soldiers right if not other killers that he programmed. But they're just firing blindly into this house, you know, missing completely because David is on the floor crawling around. Uh, I mean, yeah, they do k- catch him in the leg, I think, at one point. But other than that, they they they're just unloading so many bullets and hoping that it's missing or hitting. I just made made me think that maybe the you know the director just had a whole bunch of squibs they needed to, they wanted to use
1: i agree with you because like from a statistics or or like logistics rather standpoint there why wouldn't you just use a smart bomb and just take the whole house out
0: i mean if you if you're gonna just shoot through the house like that yeah why not yeah yeah (laughs) like literally just be like oh he's in the house predator drone
1: boom. Boom. problem (laughs) solved why even yeah because i agree with you like who in their right mind is like oh let's only fire at head height why would you not aim down?
0: You know, everybody's going to lay down when you start shooting at a house. Obviously, they weren't worried about not killing the mom <laughs> like, so. or anyone or anyone else was in the house. They
1: don't know if it like hit the kid, the dad, the sister, they all could have been in there. They didn't care. They were like, but they bust that out like an LMG. They got I mean, a belt fed machine gun and they were just ripping into
0: the house. Maybe, you know, they're going with the, the U.S. government would never use a drone on U.S. soil
1: yeah bah! but that's, that's when you cover it up you're like oh some swamp gas refracted with some light off of jupiter and a constant explosion
0: yeah exactly Very men in black style like a gas main cod or something like that and boom I, I, they looked out pretty ruled i mean they could have had a septic tank
1: that was highly methane packed or something i don't know they could have had a gas leak <laughs>
0: <laughs> where would you go with the sequel for this
1: I really I I think I really think it would be cool if they did the the whole David versus Caleb thing like if he is actually alive uh he finds out that you know his parents got killed starts going after him I think that would be amazing
0: so it would it would definitely have to in your mind like the movie would have to focus more on the the quote unquote super soldier idea like cuz this movie right here is contained and it's also like I said earlier, split between this kind of home invasion movie and this uh, uh, super soldier movie. But yeah. you really couldn't do the home invasion part again in a sequel, no. right? You have to focus more on the super soldier issues. I,
1: I would hope so. I mean, I think it's just like what you're saying. I think there is a lot of questionable material there in the sense of like, what was the experiment? What exactly did it do to them? why were they doing this experiment or how did they get authorization to do it? Like, how did he get out? Like, why would he, I mean, like there's so many questions that you can, you know, kind of like start developing in your mind as to like this backstory, but like having a little bit more information on that and then also making it this like survival revenge movie at the same time would be kind of interesting. I mean, if you could incorporate the sister and, and like, the brother again, I think that would also be kind of interesting as well because, like, I liked uh, their two characters. I thought they were awesome characters. Um, so I think if you could kind of, like, incorporate that somehow, that would be interesting. Um, obviously, you wouldn't think that the two of them could just go up uh, against him again. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you're talking about, like, two kid civilians like taking on this like super soldier that murked like a bunch of so I mean like I think there would have to be a little bit more development there like maybe she spent like the last however many years going through like military training and then also went into an experiment to become an elite badass killer and now she's out for vengeance against her parents
0: if she went into some elite military training that'd be a lot like Terminator 2 right like Sarah Connor coming out the other end ready to fight the Terminator again I, I mean I'd be okay with that be okay with this too. Uh, would you see it as more as a straight up regular sequel, as a prequel, or as a mixture of the two so that we could see some of the you know experiments that how it went down? I, yeah, I would hope that it would be a mixture of the two because, uh, again,
1: like you, there's a lot of things where I'm like, that's very interesting way to go about making this movie something it's not and it does leave you a lot of groundwork to fill in some of those blank spaces for people that might have been developed during the first movie you know
0: so i just wanted to quickly talk about some of the the actors in this movie uh you Mm -hmm. talked about uh craig earlier which is joel david moore i think some people a lot of people would know him from his role in uh avatar and mm-hmm. uh, other or even grandma's boy um, uh, Ethan Embry shows up in this movie as the as Higgins the or Higgins or however you say his name but he's the guy who's selling the guns when I was like ooh Ethan Embry and then ooh Ethan Embry's dead like it was that quick it was very quick <laughs> we are in it for long. long uh, the dad probably like, charging like
1: $20,000 a day or something they're like we just get his name on the project <laughs> we're good
0: uh, Leland or- Orser is uh, Spencer Peterson, the father, and mm-hmm. like you, most people probably wouldn't recognize his name right off the bat, but you would, you know, you've seen him in other things. He's he's been in a lot. I think uh, Seven and Bone Collector some of the bigger ones. Uh, even Saving Private Ryan. Oh, um,
1: well, he was also in like Alien Resurrection. I mean, he yeah, he has been in a lot of movies.
0: Yeah, yeah exactly. The mother, Laura Peterson, is played by Sheila Kelly. Now, once again, might not recognize the name right off the back, but has been in a lot of things. Most recently I watched her and was The Good Doctor, which, you know, I think is a good show. Um, so there's a lot of uh, she's in that. And then the the sister, uh Anna Peterson, Makiah Monroe Monroe, mm-hmm. I just recently watched her because I was one of the few people that <laughs> did the 90 day free trial of Quibi. Oh, um, really? Yeah she was in uh, The Stranger which like mm. watched, I watched that first because I watched it earlier this year um, and then seeing this like I see why they kind of chose her for The Stranger like she does she does a great job in that and I think she was great opposite Dane DeHaan um, but I had my issues with uh, the whole Quibi format of mm. you know, five minute chunks of a of a, of a thing and The problem is that five minutes is not enough to finish something like when you get to the last section, like you. You have a lot to wrap up in just five minutes and doesn't feel to me, it didn't feel fulfilling in a lot of the different things they did.
1: She was also in another really good horror movie that has an amazing soundtrack that's done by Disaster Piece called It Follows. So you liked It Follows. I did not care for it. I'm not saying that I thought the movie was super spectacular, but I love the soundtrack because it's by sure. disaster piece and I love his stuff, but I, I still thought it was an interesting concept for a horror movie. Yeah.
0: Very cool. That, yeah, I, mean, soundtrack is phenomenal. I will give it that. I just, I did not care for it. And, uh, uh, last is the major Carver, which was played by Lance Reddick, who I mentioned earlier. And I think, uh, the wire, uh, and, oh, of course, John wick, like, yep. You know, the John Wick series is, is very big for him. Uh the director is Adam, Wingard. Adam Wingard. right? Uh, I think it's Wingard.
1: Wingard? Yeah, yeah. that makes sense. Uh and Where's I think hard? the next
0: biggest claim to fame for him would be well, he
1: did like the VHS movies, right? So I mean, like he's done mostly horror films, if I'm not mistaken.
0: Yeah, and then you're next, and um uh I guess he's he he's the one who directed the Godzilla first king kong movie that's going to be coming out hopefully really? in the next couple of years like it's it's has pushed back because of the pandemic but yeah oh and then he directed the the death note movie on netflix oh the netflix yeah.
1: i i will say this like um he him and uh simon the writer of this are making a americanized version of i saw the devil which I think came out in, like, 2010, and I believe it was a South Korean movie. Oh. Um, it was kind of about, like, a secret agent that is out to get revenge on a serial killer um, oh. once they kind of get, like, released. And uh, do, I I don't know. I love Asia, uh, as we discussed earlier with uh, Akira Kusawa. I, I really like Asian cinema, and uh, that movie was really freaking awesome. Uh, so I'm very curious to see them kind of make this especially after watching this movie because like i haven't really seen your next i don't think i don't think i watched that one and i didn't i don't believe i watched the vhs movies either but i was really I, I really kind of liked what he did with the guest so i'm i'm very curious to see how they would tackle that as like an american remake of of the south korean i saw the devil
0: well the, the vhs movies are a remake of another country right oh are they i don't. Yeah. they might be I believe so. Um, I, but I'm not sure. I'm not positive on that. I've never seen Mm. them. I did see your necks. I didn't care for it all that much, but I am also not a huge uh, horror fan. No, not just that uh, home invasion fan. Like, I don't like those movies so much. So I didn't care for it altogether. Uh, But. What was the one that uh, uh, mm, the the blind guy? Oh, uh, Don't Breathe. That was a good movie, though. I like that one. Did you like that one? I, I did. But that's like a reverse home invasion because they go into his place to rob to rob him. And he's like, no, 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 no. You guys don't come into to, in my house and try and take advantage of me because I'm blind. Did you ever watch The Collector? I did. I love The Collector. The also
1: Collector? kind of a reverse home invasion exactly. movie.
0: Exactly. <laughs> reverse home invasion movie. So that you was... You
1: know a- what a... You know what it is? I know what it is. What is it? It's because you love Home Alone. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's Reverse right. Reverse
1: Invasion movie.
0: You're you're absolutely right. It's it's the the owner of the house taking their revenge or, you know, not being the victim. There it is. There it is. Uh, okay, Rich, where can people find you online?
1: You can find me uh, on Twitter at RyCohen, R-I-C-O-W-N, or you can find me on twitch.tv slash RyCohen and the number one, R-I-C-O-W-N and the number one. Where can they find the rest of Geekly Media,
0: Mitch? Well, of course you can find me on Twitter. I'm at G E M. The G-E-M stands for Geekly Media. Yeah. The rest of Geekly Media can be found also on Twitter as at Geekly Media. At Geekly Media on Instagram and Facebook.com forward slash Geekly Media is our Facebook page. Check out archived episodes of this podcast and other podcasts on our network on our website, GeeklyMedia.com. But until next time, this is the Mitch and Rich Show on the Geekly Media Network saying always remember to... Geek Geek out. out. Nailed it. (laughs) This concludes our broadcast.